I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It is Tommy Moore! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass, Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to Rugby Weekly. It is an exciting-looking weekend we have in front of us. And joining us to chat about the big one at Thoman Park tomorrow is Gary Doyle of the 42.e. Gary, how have you been keeping? Good. Thank you, Gavin. Very good. How are you? Yeah, flying it. I have a real Friday feeling. I am off tomorrow, so I'm going to try and get to Thoman Park. I was a little bit torn between... Thomond and Thurless, uh, because Cork are in the league final and the hurling as well, might wind up flipping a coin, but it is uh, a fairly tantalising looking prospect, the idea of Munster and Leinster playing. It feels like it's been a while. It has been a while, really. This is a rescheduled game from Stephen's day. And we have the teams, Gary. What do you actually make of them? Maybe start with the hosts. Uh, they're showing a couple of big names in, say, Dave Kilcoyne. Tyke Byrne is going to be a loss. Simon Zebo is out. But... Benches, both benches actually look pretty strong in this one. You've hit the nail on the head there, Gav, because as soon as you looked at the lineups, I was kind of disappointed that Furlong wasn't starting because I just loved to have seen the head to head between Jeremy Lockman and Furlong. Um, but you can't help but be excited by the fact that four of the five replacements. Uh, in the pack for Munster are all age 23 and under. Now, when you bear in mind that one of the big, big criticisms of Van Graan is that he hasn't brought young players through, well, here's evidence that that policy has certainly changed in the last 12 months because you've got Tonza Hearn, Alex Kandelan, who just really does look uh, a really good bit of stuff. He's as honest as, as the day is long. He's good at the breakdown. He's a good carrier. He's skillful. He's brave. And you just want to see him tested at this level. He's at that stage in his development where he needs to go to a higher level. I mean, we've seen him in South Africa. He's survived uh, the challenges that have been set to him there. And now you want to see how you will do against uh, Van der Flair, against Doris, against uh, Jack Conan, assuming, assuming he is on the pitch at the same time as those guys. Because when you look at the... Leinster bench and the fact that they've gone for a 6-2 split, again, you just can't help but be sort of enthralled by the prospect of what's going to happen in the final 25 minutes of this match tomorrow. So there are there just there's so many there's so many matchups to look at, so many elements that are exciting. I can't wait to see the back row battle because even though you're thinking, right, Van der Fleer, Doris Conan, that's the preferred selection for Ireland, for Andy Farrell. But that doesn't mean that they'll win tomorrow's head-to-heads because Gavin Coombs has a point to prove. Peter O'Mahony has a point to prove. I don't think he will have been overly enamoured by the fact he's had to play a second fiddle in the Six Nations. And when you see those two guys go at it in Toman Park, I definitely think that Munster are a different team, Gav, with O'Mahony on it. And they're almost certainly a different team when Coombs is in the mood and you just get the sense that tomorrow evening he is going to be in that mood. Yeah, there are so many talking points in both teams, really, Gary. And I suppose one of the more interesting aspects to it, to my mind, to both teams, are that there are also areas of relative weakness or comparable weakness. You look at Leinster's front starting tight five, they can be gotten at, I think it's fair to say. But equally, I'd look at Munster's starting back line and kind of think, are there 
enough explosive kind of dynamic uh, game changers in that back line? Probably not. It's going to be a really, really important day, one would imagine, for Damien Deolande and Chris Farrell. I think they'll be doing a lot of heavy lifting. McAller is obviously in pretty decent form himself, uh, scored last weekend. But it just, you're right to point out the back row battle, and it just feels as though there are some battles all over the park. I know I'm stating the obvious, but there's just an intriguing kind of a dynamic to a lot of them, really. You, you, you're, you're absolutely 100% there, Gav. And when you think back to the, the, pro, the pro 14 final and the previous season, basically the last two times that Henshaw has gone up against Delande for Leinster against uh, Munster, he's taken them to the cleaners. And uh, I don't think Delande will, uh, will have forgotten that. And that's going to be an absolutely intriguing battle. The other thing about Chris Farrell is Farrell has flown under the radar this season, but he's played really well. It's just that he's up against an emerging James Hume, never mind an emerging James Hume, James Hume has emerged and has had a fantastic (laughs) season. And also Ringrose, who is clearly the first choice outside centre for Ireland. But Farrell, if Munster hadn't had Farrell, and particularly when you think back to the the games earlier in the year, which were sort of on a knife edge at Tomlin Park, he has been the guy that sort of got them across the game line, that has made the, the big the big yards when they needed them most. He's been, after O'Mahony, I would say he's probably their their second most important leader on the park. So that's that matchup in midfield is worth the admission price alone tomorrow. And really, when you're looking at the two teams that have been selected and the fact that Conor Murray is making his first URC start for the season, uh, how he's going to go against Jameson Gibson Park, it's a very similar to the conversation we were having a few minutes ago about O'Mahony going up against Van der Fleer and going up against Caelan Darris. You really are looking at guys who have a point to prove versus guys who have already proven their point in the Six Nations. And what you're wondering is, do they have the emotional energy to go again from a, from a Leinster perspective in terms of Van der Fleer, Darris and Conan? Whereas we pretty much know that Munster definitely, those guys definitely will be going for it because they, it's so much is riding on this result for them, Gav, and the, I'll, I'll cut to the chase pretty quickly. A home quarterfinal is vital if you want to win this tournament. A home semifinal is even more important. And at this stage, Munster coming into this match are at a real crossroads, Gavin. Because if you look at the table, they're in third place, 47 points from 14. If they win tomorrow night, scenario one, they win tomorrow night, right? Then they're right mm. on Ulster's tails because Ulster are away to the Bulls tomorrow and we don't know how that's going to go because 11 of the, la- of the last 12 matches on South African soil have gone the way of the South African sides. So we know Ulster did really well last week. They were had a victory stolen from them, but we can't guarantee that they'll win tomorrow. So should Munster win tomorrow, then they could conceivably climb above Ulster in the table. They have to, of course, go to Belfast later in the season. And you're thinking, right, win tomorrow and have a really good chance of getting home quarterfinal, home semi-final. And home advantage counts for so much in rugby, more than I think any other team sport. It's just a massive, massive contributing factor. However, scenario two, should they lose tomorrow, all of a sudden you're looking, you, you're not guaranteed that Munster will get a home quarter because if you look at the run-in that Edinburgh have, Gav, they have four games remaining. Three of those are at home, one of which is against Zebra. So, uh, sorry, yeah, the, th- the three at home. 
and their away game is against the Lions. But the one victory on South African soil by a European team was by Edinburgh last week against the Sharks. So they are four points adrift of Munster and really they're breathing down their necks. Then you look one place further back in the table, Gav, and you look at the Stormers. They've got five games remaining and although a nine-point gap looks pretty sizable, you also look at their run-in and they've, out of their remaining five games, four are at home. So basically, what we're really saying is that this is not just massive tomorrow for Munster in terms of bragging rights. This is massive in terms of the rest of the competition because you want to be at home in the playoffs. You don't want to be away because we've seen what's happened before when they've been away in the playoffs and they've come up short in semi-finals. It's fascinating because we've spoken plenty in recent weeks as have rugby fans generally speaking, I think about the uh, degree to which the South African franchises are contributing to this competition becoming exciting now. And there you have it on paper, a couple of scenarios in which not only are they making it more exciting, but there's actual jeopardy for the provinces, or at least for Munster in this instance, and something that we haven't had in probably Pro 12, Pro 14, um, and we maybe didn't anticipate having in year one of the URC. And yet here we are. This is a really exciting looking competition. A couple of weak teams for sure, but... The dynamic has completely switched in my head, even speaking about this competition now, um, looking at the the lineups even for Munster and Leinster. It's not as, I, I, I think it's demeaning to call the competition or previous iterations of it Mickey Mouse, but it just feels a lot more serious now than it used to. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, I always sort of wondered why fans of this competition were always sort of half apologetic about defending it or praising it or liking it even like you know well you can forget about that now because in the last three weeks what we have really seen is not just a competition that deserves respect it's a competition that's bloody good like you know if you take away the bottom two teams zebra and dragons they've won one match between them all season so they definitely dilute the quality of the competition but remember in in england it's 13. In France, it's a top 14. Here you have 16 teams. So you're going to have, if you threw in an extra couple of teams in France, you'd have two weak teams there as well. Likewise in England, put in another three teams. How, how good would the quality be at the bottom there? But when you look at the table, you've got the Lions in 12th place. They have won their last three games, Gav, and they're going to win more because their home record is, is completely different to their away one. You look at Connaught in 10th place. Right, so Connacht are the team, are in the, in the standings, you say, right, that's the 10th best team in the URC. Remember what happened in the Champions Cup. They absolutely blew Stade Francais away. Remember what happened against Leicester. Leicester were unbeaten when they came to the sports ground and they were 18 points down and they got home by a point. Within a space of a week, Connacht, the 10th best team this season in the URC, lost two games to Leicester by a combined total of seven points. Leicester, the leaders of the English Premiership. So there's the quality. If that's your 10th best team, that's your quality. If you're looking at the sides that are, that are now in the playoff spots, the Sharks, the Bulls and the Stormers, they're not going away. And everyone is saying they'll be here for the make an impact next season. They're making an impact now. They've made their impact in the last three weeks. Again, we'll go back to the, the evidence of the results gap. 12 games between South African teams on South African soil and Irish, Scottish, Welsh and Italian teams, 11 victories. 
So the fact that they have more home games coming up, it tells you one thing. They're not going away. They're, going to, they're not just here for the rest of this season. They're here for next year's Champions Cup. A lot of French sides and a lot of English sides. And as we know, they're very fond of talking themselves up and talking their league up. They're going to quickly, quickly discover that it's not just the Irish provinces that they're going to have trouble with in Europe. They're going to have serious, serious trouble when they go down to South Africa. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> You're actually getting me excited for next season now. I was already <laughs> excited enough for Saturday. Um, just looking at... All right, let's zone in or, or, or center in on this game specifically. We know the teams. We've talked through them. We can see how seriously both teams are, are taking it. I mean, it's an absolutely pivotal game for Munster. Less so for Leinster, we know that, but it still feels fairly apparent that Leo Cullen, as always, is looking to go down to Limerick and, and claim a scalp. Um, how do Leinster go about winning this game as the visitors and bearing in mind the team they have selected? Is it Do you look at this game as almost business as usual for them? I don't mean necessarily business as usual, taking into account recent weeks, but more so recent meetings with Munster, where they've just had that little bit of extra quality at the end that is told it's been maybe 10 points in it over the last three years on average I think or, or rarely more than that and because Leinster have had better players they've won those games that's kind of always been the way it seemed to me yeah I think we're going to see Leinster kick the ball a lot more than they have a reputation for doing so tomorrow um, and Partly that's because of the back three uh, that that Munster selected, but also because they're they're pretty um, pretty pragmatic Leinster. They're they are entertaining, they are creative, but they tend to be relatively conservative when they have the ball in their own half. Um, so I think I think they will look at that aspect. One, the thing that Leinster are going to fear most tomorrow is if Munster gets access to their 22. The Munster Mall is excellent. It's really, really impressive. It's been efficient all season. And while Leicester have a decent mall themselves and they've got a good mall defence and they pretty much tick every box going, that is going to be a key issue. So they want, they'll want to avoid I think that's why you see, uh, like we don't see Johnny Sexton tomorrow, uh, even though this is a big game and you think, right, big games, you bring out your big players. But you do see the best uh, back row that they can put out. So in other words, they want to win the they want to win it between the two 22s. They want to make sure they don't give away too many penalties. They want to control things there as much as they can. And if they do get control, if they avoid giving Munster access, easy access in in the in their own 22, then you you'd fancy them to do it. You look at the bench and the fact that six forwards on the bench, you just know that this is going to be an intense, intense game for 80 minutes, which makes me really look look forward to being there and to being at it because I, I don't know how to call it. Um, one thing I'll say about Munster, Gavin, is even when they've played badly at home this season, they've found a way to win. And I know that has been against teams that aren't as good as Leinster, but still, they've found a way to win. The 14 players against Ulster, they were behind, somehow they won. They were playing against Connacht. Connacht was a better team on the night at Toman Park. They found a way to win. When they were playing the South African sides early in the season, again, they weren't great, but they got the job done. They would change tactics. They would be conservative. Again, it was that issue of going into the into the corner, winning the breakdown penalties, getting their mall operating. But they did it. They did it, and they do it 
they do it regularly and I think it's uh, a quality that they don't get enough credit for so having I'm now sort of persuading myself after talking Leicester up I'm now persuading myself to think Monster will do it the truth is we don't know and that's why it makes it a really fascinating game uh, to look forward to because when you have a game like this where you just can't say with any confidence who's going to win well look that tells you that it's a good game that's going to that's going to be occurring tomorrow evening yeah it really is uh, on monday we're obviously going to get into all of the big games from the weekend in detail but just briefly gary to touch upon them before i let you go uh probably the most tantalizing remaining fixture in the urc aside from munster leinster is ulster's trip to the bulls it just has the makings of a really picturesque spectacular game of ball i think provided the conditions are okay uh, how do you anticipate ulster will go about that bearing in mind they're probably smarting a little bit from what happened to them in cape town i was so so impressed by ulster's reaction last week Gav. like that game to me summed up the the current reality of the URC in the sense that Ulster tried to play fast and loose in the first few minutes, realised that wasn't going to work, so they switched tactics. And then after going 14-0 down in six minutes, they controlled the rest of the game. And really, they won it. They just didn't get the decision going their way. So I'm going to stick my neck out and say they'll win tomorrow because I really think this team have turned a corner. And when you bear in mind that Ian Henderson is back tomorrow, that Henderson has only played 135 minutes rugby for Ulster this season, and yet even in his absence, they've still managed to uh, win 14 of their 18 games. And when you bear in mind how they were pretty much robbed of victory last week as well, really you're looking at a team that is not just going to go deep in this year's competition, but if you're going to pick a team at this stage to say, right, who's going to, who's going to topple Leinster? It's Ulster. So I think, I think they, could, uh, they could surprise the Bulls tomorrow. In terms of Connacht and Benetton, it's, Connacht don't have a choice. Uh, Connacht don't have a choice tomorrow. They are already behind the eight ball. No margin for error left. And if they don't win tomorrow, they will not be in the playoffs. Even if they do win tomorrow, they're still going to struggle to get to the playoffs. Um, so that's a fascinating game as well. And the fact that we've got Mac Hansen back and Gavin Thornbury back on the bench as well. Thornbury's been out injured all year is a, is a, is a major, major plus. Um, so I think we've got three games tomorrow. We're not going to be leaving the, we're not going to be leaving the couch. Well, I will be because I'll be darting down to Limerick after the Ben and Connacht match, but it's going to be, it's going to be good TV for those, for those that are sitting at home. Yeah, it really is. We're going to get into the Ireland women's game as well. Down in Toulouse, they face France in the Six Nations. That should be uh, quite the test. Um, I, I think it will be exciting. They're going to be up against it. But you know what? Uh, speaking to the players during the week and kind of getting the vibes from camp, I think they're going to give it a right lash and play a little bit of footy as well, which is going to be enjoyable to watch. We will swing back to that, as I say, on Monday with Birch and the returning Marie Kinsella. But tell you what, it is always great to be joined by yourself, Gary. Thanks a million once again for stepping in. Pleasure. If you can't have George Michael, you've got to get Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> have a great weekend, everybody. It's members.the42.e if you want to sign up, become a member and get access to those Monday morning pods with 
Bernard, Murray and myself. Then you have Murray and Owen Toolan as well on Wednesdays for members. Uh, I spoke with Owen this Wednesday on Super Rugby, uh, talking about some of the weekend's games as well. If you are a member, go back and check that out. Owen was in top form as always. We will chat to you next week. Mind yourselves in the meantime. Take it easy. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year. I wouldn't go. It is Rugby, rugby, weekly. Little reverse pass. Oh, 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 oh,